0: Means you can travel worry free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with
1: Viator.
2: Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo! Enrico Palazzo! Enrico Palazzo!
1: How about that? should in the fourth they have faith in you. You should have been
3: In the fifth that they had faith in you
2: in you. Welcome to the conclusion of episode 24. It's part two. Take it away, boy.
1: walk out to the mound, gather our thoughts. What the hell's going on out there?
0: Looks like a convention. Pretty soon they're going to call the (laughs) roll.
2: Get your ass out there and check it out.
1: This is a world where mental health is getting a little more um, out there, right? We're getting a little more access to talking about mental health in sports. I mean, sports psychology has been around for decades, but it's still the stigma and, you know, locker rooms can be a really nasty place for people to feel vulnerable, right? We've, there's a lot of stories about people who were treated unfairly in football locker rooms, baseball locker rooms. And, you know, Greg Jeffries thought his career was ruined because he didn't get along with the Mets in the locker room when he came up and who knows what his career would have been like if he was with a different team who wasn't as hardcore as those late eighties Mets. So I think, Talking about mental health is important, and that's why we have this little segment here. So, guys, what is the hmm, – how do you define how to look at mental health? How can you look for signs of people who are struggling with mental health issues? And is it something that is definable in fantasy, or is this just something that we can never really know? Uh, start with you, Mr. Brown.
2: It's obviously it's very difficult know one of the hallmarks of uh, mental trouble is is not wanting to talk to people about it and not wanting to admit it so uh, you're trying to find that it's got to be tough I would hope that most major league teams now have some sort of protocol and, and sort of like I guess check marks where they're looking at talking to guys they they check in on them with them uh, every week you see how they're doing but yeah you know, one of the hard things is And you mentioned that Greg Jeffrey's article and that was really interesting to read is is what you want to do is foster a, a sense of uh, being a team, but you have to work within everybody's different. Everybody's completely different. Like, you know, Trevor Bauer is not a rah-rah team guy. He's going to be a weirdo off in the side doing his own thing and showing people if they want to know about it. So you have to figure out a way to make that part of a team while still giving very individual people a wide berth. So, yeah, I mean, it's difficult to diagnose and treat with everything uh you know you got a a pandemic i just i just saw a tweet that charlie blackman and two other rockies have tested positive already so Uh. we're gonna we're gonna see about 100 stories like that and yeah i don't know it's tough to deal with i would hope that teams have extra medical staff both on the you know treating injuries and illness side and on the mental health side because i think it's going to be a challenge this year
1: uh, Roger, you I don't know, was it you or Chris uh, contributed this New York Post article about minor leaguers who have to make decisions on what to do with their career right now and how unnerving that can be and how do teams help deal with that? Uh, how, do, how can teams really help these players when, first of all, they don't really want to pay them? I mean, it was a miracle that the Nationals and other teams were kind of like forced into paying minor leaguers during this downturn. So... Is there really a connection between minor leaguers and major league teams when it comes to helping them make the right decisions for their career?
3: I think it should. I mean, we all know that baseball is a business, and and they want to turn over a profit. It's it's a game, but at the end of the day, I hate to say this, but it's also a business. And so hmm. I think for guys who – and I, I, the reason I posted it in there is because Chris and I also work on the Tiger Minor League Report, which is – all about the t- Detroit Tigers and their minor league process and, and going through that and hearing some of the stories and hearing about like how players with a forty dollar per diem lunch day, which is like essentially you get the two for twenty at Chili's, you call it a day essentially. <laughs> um, but they're they're they the Tigers are still as of right now because this could change. They're not a team that has invested on making sure their minor leagues are well fed, but then you see stories where the Mets build this beautiful spring training facility and they're like, ah uh, ah uh, ah. Uh, only for the major leaguers, and it's kind of ridiculous. It's, imagine being drafted, and you get to think you're going to play in Saint, uh, Port St. Lucie, and nope. And I think that here's these guys who are coming into the fact that you're playing you're, – let's say you're playing the SEC. We had a chance to talk to Zach Hess, who was a reliever for the LSU Tigers. Mm. That place – and Chris can attest to it. He was talking about how rowdy it row was and 20,000 screaming fans. And you go from that. To West Michigan. No offense to the White Caps out there or anything, but it's a different type of ballpark. You have to have you know the the three eyes, the race where the three eye, those really weird looking eyes are out there in the middle of the outfield. The catcher has like very themed jerseys to keep people's attention. So that's already a mental psyche. But then you got to realize too, you have to keep yourself trained and, and guys who are like four A players who who right now are sitting on the cusp of the majors in AAA and A. AA, but then they see a guy who gets drafted in the same position this year. That has to, that fucks with him a little bit mentally, I think. I would think that at some point you have to sit there and go, all right, do I want to make less than $25,000 a year or a buddy of mine in college who is in IT or whatever or, or maybe a real estate agent? Because it seems like a lot of baseball players go to real estate for some strange reason. Andy oh, Dirk's. really? Oh, uh, Andy, Andy Dirks is in real estate now. Yeah, Andy, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, and then maybe you want to go into – another line of work to make more money because you want to have you have a family growing you have to make these decisions and it's a mental thing because you love the game so much but there are there the what the virus or excuse me what this whole pandemic has done has made players kind of peer themselves deeply and some some people are not comfortable looking into themselves and going man i mean mentally speaking we have to ask ourselves your question and then you have a family to feed and then you have somebody else to question that or somebody that the answer to, like you have a wife or whatever the case is, that's a lot. And that's the kind of pressure I would not want because I love baseball, but at the same time, I need a new roof or whatever the case is.
1: <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. dearie, How do these players deal with all this? How can, I wonder the, how can teams help these players more? Is there any way, I mean, can they do zoom calls with them? Can they, can I make connections with them to say hey we're here to help you we know how hard it is even though we want you to turn us a profit and be a major leaguer how can we help you yeah you know
0: it's tough you know Roger talked about those 4A players and you know my hope would be you know as you know years move on and and baseball you know gets maybe a little smarter about taking care of their minor leaguers that that that's what they're going to do I mean you've got young guys that you know, we're superstars all their life. And then they get into the minors and, you know, maybe you got a couple rough years you know, the Tigers go out and and draft a guy who could be your position. um, And then you kind of get moved aside. Uh, You know, I had a buddy who, you know, played minor league ball, and he basically had a new position every year because they just kept bringing in a new guy. And a lot has to do with when you're drafted and what the teams are going to invest in you. Um, But I, I think organizations need to do a better job of taking care of those, those, the young talent um you know not only are they you know trying to figure out baseball but they're trying to figure out life these guys are anywhere from 19 to 21 22 years old and I think about what I was like back then I was a disaster I didn't have (laughs) my you know head on two shoulders I was all over the place and you know you need to have some type of guidance what what I what I know it's probably true is you know once you get up to the major league system you know you can depend on those older veterans to kind of show you along and, and take care of you but uh I would hope that organizations are, are honest with their players and specifically their minor league players about, you know, kind of their evaluations and that there's kind of an open door policy where where players that are younger or, you know, any type of player who could be going through some, you know, mental struggles can, can you go, can go and talk to somebody. I, I hope that teams have, you know, mental health professionals that can, can be there and and listen, uh, you know, and, you know, I work in a business where I, I manage, you know, teenagers all the time because most of my staff are teenagers and college kids and I have an open door policy with those guys hey you know anytime you guys are struggling with anything please open your door open my door and come in and talk to me and I'm gonna you know be completely honest with you guys and uh, I don't think that happens enough in Major League Baseball I I think they they see it as a business but in order to be a successful business you need to create a core team of people where they're gonna trust you and, and they're gonna feel like you're doing you know best for their best interests. So.
1: Absolutely, guys. I I think that there needs to be more uh, psychologists on staff, more mental health associates on the baseball staff. If analytics department exploded over the last fifteen years, then there needs to be that department added, and it needs to be sourced properly and built up so people can have access to any type of therapy or even just um, conditioning, mental conditioning. You know, I think that is the real next level move here for baseball and hopefully other sports. I don't want to speak for the NBA and NHL and the NFL, but baseball really needs to focus on that. And especially for younger people who are at those,
3: you know, more confused and less
1: experienced ages.
3: Yeah. Look at another guy that comes to mind too, is a guy like uh Todd van Poppel. I mean, the guy was dry. Can I mean, <laughs> we just trying, talk about him two weeks ago? Two weeks I swear. Row, yeah, Pop- no. i no, That's why I mentioned him because you guys, <laughs> I, I've listened to the last couple of shows, and so. But Taavet Popple was a guy who came with a lot of dra- draft hype, and just mentally, I mean, he also was part of that '96 Tiger staff that had one of the worst ERA, the worst ERA in history. But a guy like him, and just, I. I don't know if he's ever said anything publicly, but it just seems like there's just this kind of like mental anguish with a prospect like that. The reason why I mentioned him is because, hey, you guys mentioned him. B, it was somebody that came to mind as somebody who came with a lot of hype, like Greg Jeffries did, and just had to overcome that. And that, that that's hard. That's a hard thing to do.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I feel bad for old Todd. I hope, uh, I hope he's doing well
3: now, wherever he is out there. Rooting for you, Mr. Van Poppel. I really am. I remember, how, I remember how excited we got. I, I remember how excited I was in, as a young sophomore in high school learning that we got Tavay and Popple, and only realized I didn't know shit. So. I mean, it was a
2: big name. Yeah. No, I do think the mental aspect is, is particularly important in baseball uh, just because there's so much failure. Yes. And, and that's why I've, I've always uh, joked with Roger about how I feel like the super religious guys do better because they just believe, like, oh, it was God's choice to have yeah. me strike out. That's a great um, point. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, it, it is almost like it, I know that I am not equipped mentally to deal with that much failure. That's why I never asked a ton of girls out in high school. That's why I'm a terrible salesman if I try to sell stuff. I just can't handle that level of rejection. So you got to find guys who either you can, you can condition that out of them or just guys who don't have that mental block like I do. But, yeah, but it, it's, it's to deal with all that failure and to deal with other players trying to take your job and a pandemic, and being away from your family, it's a lot for players to deal with this year. I mean, they're, they're handsomely rewarded, at least in the major leagues, but yeah. still, I mean, they're people.
1: They are human beings, and that's the whole point of talking about this. People forget that. They're not stats. They're not just a name in your database that you know shits out information for you to apply to your fantasy team. These are real people, and I always want to remind ourselves of that. All right, it's time for the final segment of the show, guys. It's time for Shine or Ride the Pine. This is our speed lightning round style where we just kind of go through 15 names. I give you a stat, and it's a 60-game projection basis. You tell me if they're going to shine or they're going to ride the pine when it comes to that information. Does that make sense to you, gentlemen? Yes, sir. Let's get into it. So, sixty-game projection, Mister Max Scherzer, the former Tiger, the Cy Young master. Will he start ten games? We'll start with Roger. We'll go around.
3: Yeah, he'll rise definitely. He'll start. I think he'll start ten games. Oh, okay. Mister
1: Brown. Oh, shine,
2: yeah, shine.
1: Twelve starts. Wow, Wow. twelve starts. Wow. Okay, no problem.
0: What about you, Derek? I'm gonna say no. He gets a, a blister in like his third start. That just shuts him. Down. There's gonna be one below. We'll have nine starts.
2: I think he pitches with his left hand then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got. I heard. I learned some stuff about Scherzer recently from uh, a friend of mine who was actually drafted by the Cubs. It was way low, but he met him in a bar once and he was not very nice. But that doesn't mean that's oh, wow. who he is all the time. We, we're not gonna make any assumptions. Everybody has a bad night. What about Fernando Tatis? Can he get to 13 steals or more in a 60-game season, Roger? Is that crazy?
3: I'll, you know Screw it, Shine. Yeah! yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll do it, he'll do it. Mr. Brown?
2: I got to see what he did last year. I'm, I, my inclination <laughs> is to say right the fine. I think that's, I wonder how much people are actually going to steal this year, mm-hmm. just in general.
1: It's tight. It's real. I mean, I try to put the number close to see. Like, you got to make a choice here. And if he gets the red light, you know, he's clearly not going to get that. If it's all about power and not being a stolen base threat, then that's going to be a problem. for him. Man, that's a good number. 80, he had 16 and 84 games last year.
2: I'm gonna, I was still going to say Hill it up with like 11 or 12.
1: Okay. Ride the pine. Ride the pine.
0: I'm going to say shine. He's going to get like three in one game and that'll set him up really nice.
1: This is so fun! You're the, I love these narratives you're creating. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> what about Ozzy Albies? Can he hit? You know, it's a sixty-game season.
3: Can he hit three hundred and twenty or better, Roger? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and ride the pine on that one. I I I, I three hundred and twenty or better. Maybe you know if I'm being picky, three hundred. Yeah, but three hundred and twenty. I don't know. I mean, the Braves gonna have a lot of eyes on them this year. The Braves were we're gonna have a lot of eyes on them anyway. So, yeah. Um, with that in mind, that's why I say that.
2: Mr. Brown, I'm with Roger. Uh, Ride to fine. Is it about i p.m. doing that? Just getting off to a hot start, but I feel like he got shifted pretty hard last year to, and it hurt him. But maybe I'm mistaken. Yeah, 320s. That's kind of a high bar to cross. Like, I could see him going three days without getting a hit, and then. Sorry, I was trying to do the narrative thing. It doesn't work like that, but it right um, works. Yeah, I just I think it'll
1: be tough. Theory?
0: Oh, am I supposed to have a narrative here? No, you um, can just say whatever you want. I'm looking at some of his splits. He, he only had a couple months. Well, he had one month rebat at over 330, and that was September and October together. I love Ozzy Albies, but I'm going to say ride the fine on this one. He's going to be just below one.
1: Ah, okay, I guess maybe it went a little high. That's good to know. That's why we play this game. Let's go back now to Johan Mancada. Rogers, ten stolen bases. Everyone's wondering
3: if Mancada will finally steal this year. Ten steals. Um, steals. I'm gonna ride a pint on that too. I think that Chicago's offense is. I mean, Chicago, Chicago's offense is gonna be an interesting one to watch because there's there's a lot of there's a lot of power in that lineup. So. They might just do the old classic Earl Weaver style, go through on home run and call <laughs> it. Yeah,
1: I could see that. That's a good point. What about you, Mr. Brown? Thir- uh, ten steals. Can he do it? You know he can I'm gonna, do it. I'm going to ride
2: the pine on that one, too. I think uh, Moncada is kind of one of those those guys who has the awesome physical talent, but I'm not quite sure he has the, the baseball acumen to, to steal. Like Sometimes guys are just really fast, but they, they're not good at stealing bases because they don't get to the degree jumps. I think might be one of those guys.
1: Deary, I think you're going to buy into this one. Am I right? If he's going to win
0: MVP, yes. Um, if he's going to be your fantasy MVP, I don't think he's going to go back to those numbers that he had in the minor leagues in the Red Sox system where he stole a ton of bags. I just don't think it's there. You know, maybe Chris brought it up where saying maybe he just doesn't have those skills when you get to a higher level with the uh, better pitchers. So I'm going to say ride the pine.
1: Oh wow, okay. Fascinating information. Now this is uh this could be I might regret this already. Uh Tommy Pham is gonna have a 13 thirteen. Thirteen 13 home runs, thirteen steals at least.
3: Roger, is that crazy? No, I don't I don't think it's that Tommy Pham – Man I still don't understand that trade. Um, <laughs> one of them. I'm always scratching scratch my head about that. No, I don't think that I don't I think that I'm gonna go I'm gonna rise I'm gonna rise on that or I'm gonna shine on that. That's uh I'm gonna go with that.
1: Wow! All right, you surprised you know, me. I love I, it.
3: Oh, I, you know what? I've been I've been kind of like being conservative. I'm not gonna lie, but I'll take my shot on that one. <laughs> I'll shoot my shot. There we go. However you say it, there we go.
1: He shot his shot. He called it, folks. He's going deep, and I love it. That, now, Mr. Brown, this is feasible. Thirteen home runs in sixty games—not crazy and for him. Thirteen steals. You know, he could do that. Yeah, I'm still gonna ride the line on that one. I think
2: and possibly thirteen, mm. thirteen is a little bit more. I. I you got to figure out how many times your guy's going to get on base in 60 games. Yeah. I haven't thought of that math in my head, but, you know, <laughs> it's a chance. I can see it happening, but I'm going to go now.
1: Okay, I love it. I can't wait to go back and review all these when the season finishes. I'm so excited. Uh, Deary, how about you? Yeah, I'm going to say ride the pine on that. Uh,
0: 13-13 is going to be tough for Fam. For uh, you know, he's normally a you know, 2015 guy over 162 game season. I mean, he would have to really just have an incredible 60 game season. 13 13. So I'm going to, I'm going to say ride the fine on that.
1: Bob Saget. All right, that's fine. What about our old pal, our tiger pal, Nick Castellanos 320. Can he have 320 in 60 games? You know, he can Roger, but are you willing to put your fictitious money on the line?
3: Is this, wait, he's, he signed a one year deal, right? Or He's signed a multiple four year deal. deal with the Reds. Four-year deal, okay. I don't know why I thought that he had a vision after one year he was going to be gone. Uh, um,
1: yeah, but it's a four-year. I'm not sure.
3: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go by the pine on that, only because I think Cassianos is gonna. While well, he's gonna feast on NL pitching. I'm gonna say he's gonna bat three. If you said if you said three ten, I would have gone for it for sure. But I think oh. I think he might struggle. I, he might go like two two 290. He's gonna show us some power, but I I don't know if he's going to be a 320 hitter and the great great American ballpark i from wrong. That's more of a, that's more of a hitter's ballpark too. Right. That's a, mm, definitely. Yeah. Power so player. yeah, that's, he, he's going to, he's going to feast on some power there, but I, I think that he's still going to like as Chris has been consistent since the day I met him. He's not much of a, just a barely above a two war player. So I think two seventy two eighty might be feasible. Or wow. Okay. So I know where Chris is going on this one, don't
1: I? Well, you know, yeah, I'm riding the pine, but I think it's, I can
2: see it entirely possible to be close because it sounds funny, but I feel like Castellanos is a guy who doesn't walk enough to hit 320, mm. if that makes any sense. Like, he, he's just an aggressive hitter, and when he gets hot, he can hit 350 for a month, but he might hit 260 the next month, and then if averages average and it out, it's not quite there. But mm. I could see him hitting three fifty and 280, and get there, but I'm going to say no, just on the, I think, it would shock me if he hit 310 or something like that, probably not.
1: Okay, yeah, that's very sound reasoning. Mr. Deary?
0: I love Castellanos. I think 320 might be a little high. You know, Chris brought up a good point about him not walking enough for that average, and just looking at some of his numbers. So, in June, he had a 12.3% walk rate, which was above and beyond anything else he did the whole year, but batted 297. In August, he batted 348, only walked 4.9% of the time, so... Hmm. Maybe it doesn't matter if he walks. I have no idea. Um, You know, you calculate those numbers over a season. Who knows? You know, it's baseball. None of these numbers make sense. I think he's going to have an amazing year. I think power numbers are going to be incredible. But I think he's going to struggle to hit 300, but he's still going to be a a huge ass.
1: Yeah, well, that's what people are banking on. So people have used him as a dark horse MVP if he can hit for the average, and that'll be the big mystery. He's still going to strike out too much. He's still going to strike out 20% of the time, that's going to be that's true. I'll give you that one. Mike Soroka is a very divisive name in fantasy. People don't know what they're getting in the following year after a great first full season. Can he have a K-9 of 8.5 or higher in a smaller sample there? Now, last year, he was in the 7 range for the whole season, but people think there's a lot more strikeout potential. Roger, Mike Soroka, 8.5 K-9. per
3: Against... Philly, and like if they stay within the division, I'll, I'll say you know I'll 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 go I'll go I'll go uh, shine. I think yeah. I, I think the, I think based off the competition he's facing, yes. So,
1: ooh, I like it. That's what I'm talking about, Mr. Brown. Do you agree?
2: Yeah, I'll go shine with that. You know, he, he is more of a, a I guess, a fish contact guy. But he was just a rookie, basically, I believe, right? Yeah. Okay. First full season. Uh, so. so- so, yeah, I, I think players like that tend to improve their strikeouts as they go along.
0: And, again, in, in a
2: in a possible 10, 12-start season, if he has one 12-strikeout game or something like that, it's it's going to be tough to, you know, I, I think he'll do it.
1: Exactly. That's the that's my thought process.
2: Deary, do you agree? This one's tough because looking at his minor
0: league numbers, his, his K-9 was sitting a, a little under 8. But he was a lot younger then. He's 22 now. Like, he's still super young. he would be 23 this summer. He's got really good stuff. Uh, 8.5 is not terrible. I think that's certainly doable for a guy who's got good stuff. I'm going to I'm gonna say shine on this.
1: All right. A clean sweep for Mrs. Soroka. Buying in on 8.5K per night. Here's a guy who's still only 25 years old, guys. Carlos Correa. 50 games played. Mr. Brown, do you think... 50 games is doable for Carlos Correa.
2: I do. I heard what Deary said, uh, and I felt it deeply because I've had Correa as kind of like a cornerstone of my keeper team forever. But I think 50 games is doable. I, I suppose as long as he doesn't get any strange massages this year.
1: <laughs> That's right. God, that was so. What a bizarre story. Come on. There's so many lies that come out of Houston. It's really annoying. What yeah. about you, Deary? No, I'm going to say no. I'm just. I'm just not
0: buying into Correa. I think he's going to get injured again. He's. He's just. It's just. It's happened too much over the year. And, you know, it might not even be something major. It might be something super small um, that maybe we got to sit him out for a week or two. Uh, you know, the Astros are certainly going to be in the race out, out west. So um, it might even be somewhere he wants to play. And the management's just like, look, man, we got to keep you healthy for this playoff run that we might go on.
1: That's sound reasoning again. And back problems for a youngster at 25. That's already a bad sign. Doesn't bode well. Mm-hmm. I hope that uh, he can... Bounce back from this, and it's temporary. Because you know, maybe he's not injury prone. Injury prone isn't a permanent tag. Sometimes there's injured seasons; they do occur. And he shows so much promise at a young age that maybe the maybe we need to lower the standards. Maybe. Okay, so Mr. Castillo, 50 games for Carlos Correa. Everybody
3: else is buying in. Is it crazy talk? Um, I with the back injury, you 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 met, and Chris and I have talked about this too. With back injuries are one of those things that just. Lingers for a while. I think I think Houston's gonna see with the procedure, or proceed with the error of caution a little bit. So I don't know if he's gonna see if he does maybe thirty maybe thirty games. Oh, wow. games. But I, I don't know. I fifty games might be stretching a little bit because but then again, I don't know what his offseason looked like and I don't know what he's been doing so far, but if you're you have a franchise player in Korea, I'm gonna take all the safety precautions and you know also with the with the likelihood of an injury like that who knows like hospitals facilities stuff like that, that <laughs> hey, you're right of, you know like the coronavirus you have to put that in consideration I mean wherever he's rehabbing he's going to have to take extra precautions and that that could be also kind of exhausting too from a mental as- aspect of going shit is this place going to be clean and uh, all that so
1: I didn't even think about
2: that you know that anybody the coronavirus they're going to be out for at least like 20 games so
1: yeah if we're playing 60 day in 66 days you're right that's gonna kill us so man who the hell knows but I do know that Mitch Garver had an incredible season even in limited duty 31 home runs was incredible can Mitch Garver have an OBP of 385 or higher 385 or higher he had a 365 in the 90 or so games he played last season Roger how about a 385 OBP in 60 games
3: for Mitch Garver. I did see he was a buster earlier. <laughs> you did. You did. I have to stay consistent with it. I, I don't I'm gonna ride the pile on that. I don't I don't see it happening.
1: Mr. Brown, I know you're down for this. I got a feeling you're ready to do to this.
2: I am. I'll say shine on that one because again, Garver is a guy I have in my fantasy team. Um, <laughs> selfish. I think, <laughs> I, think
1: selfish.
2: I think that uh he did so much damage last year that I think he might get pitched around a little bit this year. I mean it's a tough lineup to do that. But I could see him bumping up the walk rate a little bit. And when he does get the chance to hit, uh, he's probably in more favorable counts. And I, so I could see him getting his average up and his walk rate up a little bit. But did, like you said, it doesn't have to go up all that much.
1: Deary, I think you'll buy into this. Am I right? Yeah, 385 is pretty
0: steep, though. Um, what was it? 365 last year? I mean, his walk rate's over 11% last year. Doesn't hit a ton of singles. Well, maybe they're pitching around him. He's going to have a ton of guys on base when he comes up, I believe. You know, He's, he's probably going to be batting seventh in that order. Hmm. I love Mitch Garver because I, I kept him in my 10-man in my ten, ten keeper because I thought you know I need, a, I need a catcher with some power. But I don't think he repeats what he did last year, but I think he still has a solid season. The 385 is the So I'll say right. Oh, wow,
1: that is... I'm with, I like the Mitch Garver hype, and I'm totally down for it. Let's go to a guy who actually pitched 200 innings last year after someone who was considered to be injury-prone. He finally did it. Eduardo Rodriguez of the Boston Red Sox pitched 203 innings, very quietly almost, very impressive. He had a K-9 of 9.5, and, and he won 19 games. So my question is, can he follow it up? Is Are the injuries behind him? I want to know, can Eduardo Rodriguez give us Ten starts
3: or more, Roger. He has to, doesn't he? I mean <laughs> <laughs> Look at Boss's rotation. You gonna you have Matt Hall in that rotation? Ugh. Don't you I mean, yeah, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to throw him out there every other day or every five days. So yeah, I, I think that's possible. Mr Brown, I mean he had 200 innings
1: last year. The, the, the club of 200-inning pitchers now has become so small every season. Can he give us at least 10 starts when 12 might be the most he can get this season?
2: Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say he can uh, shine on that front. I, I The one thing that just popped in my head again is, is will teams even use a five-man rotation or will it be like six or seven? Um, I just
1: thought of that, too, as I was finishing the sentence, because it could be like four because they're not going to have a full season, right?
2: Yeah, Exactly. And as Roger pointed out, they don't have a whole lot of options there in Boston. So I do think he's a guy who who, you're going to count on for at least 10 starts. Okay. Deary?
0: Yeah, he's really the only guy in that rotation I like. Uh, It'll be interesting. I'm I'm super interested to see what the Red Sox do this year. You know, in a 60-game season, they could be absolute trash or they could be really good. Uh, So we'll see how he's used throughout the season. I think 10 starts, if they're not going to a seven, eight man rotation, which I don't even think they have four starters out in Boston. Uh, I think he'll definitely go north of 10. So shine.
1: All right. A couple more. We're out of here. Max Kepler. Will he have a 20% K rate or higher? 20% K rate or higher. He's hovering around that mark. And then the upper teens last two years,
3: Roger, what do you think? Um, I think he will still continue that trend. I mean, if you look at Max's numbers last year, um, with the, the 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 best way I can describe it, is for the for the Twins to have that kind of production, you get that kind of power. Look, I mean, Max Capital was at sixteen point six last year? You're looking at, um, but you also got thirty six home runs. So I'm cool with him hovering around twenty percent again. Okay. Um, I, I I can live with that as long as it gives me another. I mean, in this case, thirty home runs would be. Easy. Yeah, so what? You. But would he stay twenty? Would he stay under?
1: I'm saying he's going to be twenty percent or higher. Do you think he'll be twenty oh, percent or higher, or will he? You think he'll stay under
3: that? I well, I think he'll go. I, I think he'll just be just just a shade under, like 18 percent. Oh. I'm sorry, I should I, I misunderstood that. Yeah, no, I, think he,
1: I blew it. it. It made no sense the way I described it.
3: No, I think he's gonna. St- I think he's gonna stay right under his career rate. His career rate for the, is, I think it's eight, it's eighteen point two. So I think he'll stay right at that border. Um, but I'll again, I'll live with that kind of reduction, Brian. Right? So I mean, what, what's what's 30 thirty thirty guy this year and sixty home runs? So what? They're 15, fifteen home runs then would be yeah. As, there. you go.
1: So okay, uh, Mr. Braun, I wonder you know, I'm trying to say this guy is going to be a little more strikeout prone because this sample is smaller. Are you saying with me that 20% or higher is more likely, or are you going to go under?
2: I'm going to go under. I don't know if that constitutes shine or red pine. Neither do I. <laughs> um, but I just think, yeah, he's, he's done it two years in a row. Um, again, we're talking small samples. So, you know, a couple of four strikeout games, something like that could screw it all up. But, but he seems to be a guy who's now reliant more on putting the ball in play. Um, what about you dearie yeah i'll say he just he, he goes
0: a little bit under that he'll probably be around 17 18 percentage which has been consistent for his career but certainly if he has a month like he did in september october where he was 26.8 percent, you know that could certainly happen in the season but I, I think he's a solid player 27 years old now really really good lineup uh i'd say under 20
1: wow okay uh what about lance lynn can he have a 10 or higher K9. Are you going to buy into a 10.0 or higher K9? The man is just really vastly underrated every
3: season, Roger. He is vastly underrated. Um, are are we still doing shine or are we still, uh... (laughs) yeah, we're (laughs) just (laughs) yes or no? Yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna stick with shine on that.
1: All right, 10 or higher, my man. All right, Mr. Brown, 10. Or higher, K per nine for Lance Lynn. Are you going to shine on that, or are you riding the pine? Kind
2: of, I I feel like I have to ride the pine on that. Um, He had such a great year last year, but he's still the same pitcher as far as I can tell. He just throws nothing but fastballs, like 80% fastballs. So I don't know what it was last year that made his K rate spike way up. Uh, Maybe he'll do it again, but it just feels like I don't know what he's changed. Maybe I missed something. But, yeah, it's mostly just fastballs and command, and... uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, it's kind of the opposite of Soroka. You have a couple games where you don't strike out eight guys, mm. and uh, we are back in the nines. I, I think he'll be in the nines, but I don't see 10 again.
1: Yeah, that's a good observation. Uh Deer, are you going to buy into this?
0: I'm I'm not going to buy into it. He's only been over 10 twice, and once was his rookie year when he only pitched 34 innings, and the second time was last year. Now, if you look deeper into his number, the, the reason why he was at 10.63 last year was – his walks were the lowest of his career it was 2.55 so if he mm-hmm. continues to not walk guys the you know the the opposite of that is that he's going to be striking guys out uh I love Lance Lynn uh, he's just going to throw fastballs down the middle and they're going to put it in play and you're going to have really solid defense behind you Pitched the most innings of his career last year but 10 is pretty steep I, I still think he's a, a solid kind of number three starter for you but I, I don't think north of 10 from K for nine is going to happen so I'll, I'll go with Ryan
3: the only reason why the only reason why I thought Lynn might do that is because of the division opponents-wise. Got Detroit, you have KC, that might help out your rate a little bit. So Detroit offensively speaking. Well Lance work,
1: Lynn's on the Rangers, right? Or I'm not
3: playing sorry. Um i meant yeah, I'm sorry, I was sorry, stick about his days and the twins, but um
1: <laughs> That's okay. I'm just trying to yeah,
3: But um for for clarification if you're looking at Division opponent. If you look, well, the, the, the same argument can be applied here Sue, as well. Because if you if you look at your division opponents and teams like the the Astros this year are going to take a step back because you don't know what they're going to be post uh, Garbage Can Blues or whatever. Um, Seattle, you know, I think Seattle and Oakland are going to be teams that uh, Oakland. I mean, Seattle. I know Oakland wise, they do a really good job getting on base. They continue to do that, but. I know. It, it all depends on what happens with the division. So whoever they face the most. Oh, um, I, I, I don't know. I just totally blanked out. I thought he played for the Twins' last totally year. Once sorry.
1: upon a time? He, he did, yeah. He, you know, he's he's a guy that everybody counts, all, you know, writes off. He's a write-off for a lot of people. But I think we need to give him more respect. I do. Let's do Jorge Polanco, 11% walk rate or higher. In a shortened season, Jorge Polanco is a guy that you can wait on in a deep shortstop field in fantasy Eleven percent walk rate or higher. He's never had one that high for his season, but we're talking sixty games here. So let's go
3: back to you, Roger. Are you down with this? Um, I'm gonna go ride the pine on this because his I mean, while his walk rate did increase a little bit last year by by a percentage by eight point five, even in a shortened season, I think he's gonna be a guy who's gonna try to get in terms of this is I mean, He's I think he's gonna be, he's always been an aggressive kind of guy, anyways. But yeah, you're um, gonna you, know, you want to get you want to get your numbers as big as possible. So why not try to go ahead and, and be aggressive as possible, swing it more, and that's gonna cause a walk rate to even drop a little bit.
1: Yeah. Mr. Brown, yeah,
2: I'm gonna ride the pine too, and, and for half the reason that, that Roger said, I kind of have two schools of thought here, where I feel like pitchers might walk more guys this year, just in general just uh, from the you know, the the shorter second spring training, the less ramp up, I think command might not be quite there for everybody. But I also feel like hitters in a shortened season are going to be more aggressive. So it might be, you know, wash out. So I, I'll say that below, I don't think he's come. He hasn't really come close to 11 before. Has he?
1: Not yet. No, he's been hanging around in the nines, seven Eight to point, nine. Yeah. 8.9 is his best so far. Deary, I think you're going to buy into this. Am I crazy? Um, no,
0: I'm going to say no again, uh, and <laughs> it's a Chris's point. I think in a shortened season where truly every game is going to count, guys are going to get an antsy up at the plate, especially if there's guys on base and they're going to be free swinging. I, I just don't see too many, too many guys being up there and being patient. You know, it's going to be part of that mental aspect of the game. I mean, there's going to be a lot to, to kind of deal with when you're out at the, at the plate and thinking about every game. Counting, I think guys are going to be way more aggressive at the plate this year. So I'm going to say no. Uh,
1: By the way, I just love Jorge Polanco. I am a huge fan and I can't wait to see where his career goes. Unfortunately, he's got to beat up on the Tigers for that to happen. All right, last one. We're going to the final person. The man known as Elvis. Elvis Andrews. He steals a lot of bases, guys. I think 15 steals, 60 games. Seems very reasonable. Roger, I think you're going to say yes on this one. Uh... (laughs) <laughs>
3: you know I'm I'm, doing, I'm pulling this Charlie here from uh, always sunny uh, well you know Bill O'Reilly says and I don't know. <laughs> um I mean this is he came off stealing 31 last year 147 games last year I think he's gonna go right under it I think he's gonna go like 10 or 11 so I'm gonna ride a fine on that oh. Mr Brown I'll go for it I'll go shine uh there you go just
2: because that's kind of how he provides value
1: yeah
2: uh with uh on the bases and his defense obviously so i think he's gonna have to be more aggressive this year on the base path so i'll say yeah. yeah he'll get he'll get to 15 exactly on the last day of the season
3: <laughs>
2: all In right the there it is there's a narrative i knew you could do it that's
1: fantastic
2: <laughs> Deary. I'm going to say ride
0: the pine. I, I, I like Elvis Andrews. He was a huge fantasy player for me last year with those 31 steals he had, but I just don't think he walks enough and gets on base enough. I mean, kind of career, he's right around, you know, six and a half for a walk rate. And last year was only 5.2. So over a full season, 31 bases was definitely doable for him. But 15 is a lot. I think he sits between seven and 10.
1: Alrighty, We did it, gentlemen. That is Shiner Ride the Pine, another edition in the can. Wow. I cannot wait to go back and review all of these in a few months and see how silly some of us sound. I love it. That's going to do it. We have finally come to the end of the show. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, we talked about so many things on this show. I really feel like we ran the gamut. We have so much more to look forward to, though, with 60 games and 66 days i could feel the excitement if you're listening to this podcast if you made it to the end congratulations i know you're excited for this season too so gentlemen would you please tell everybody how they can connect with you how they can listen to you how they can read what you write why don't we start with you roger and tell us what's going on with you
3: so uh i i will do a couple things my dog likes to talk now all of a sudden. Um, I write, so I'm the co-expert over at Mercy Bengals. And so you can find my latest work there. We're working on a storylines we like to see for the Tigers post-draft. Talk about the White Sox draft that's going to come out here in the next couple days. And I'm also writing over to the Tiger Bengals report. We have some stuff. We're updating our prospect list. So that's going to be coming out here shortly. We're we're updating on the top our, our board and who's going to be up there. And we have a podcast we're recording tomorrow with uh, Dan Hasty, the voice to the West Michigan Whitecaps, Trevor oh. Muf, uh, who's over at Pitchers List and at Bless You Boys. So we're going to talk to them too. We're having two guests, so two separate shows. So that's what we're looking forward to. And uh, hopefully we'll get Chris going here on uh, Motor City Bengals in the next couple of days. Yep. Mr. Brown, I'm on the, tell
2: us. I'm on, I'm on the podcast with Roger and with you guys. Um, yeah, and, and then I do some writing there at Tigers Minor League Report. And as, as Roger was saying, we're trying to get me ramped up to be there on Motor City Bengals. I was thinking about doing a, a piece basically on like, hey, remember all this stuff that actually happened this year? <laughs> like, remember how good Riley Green was in spring training? Yeah. Years ago. Um, and other than that, yeah, you can find me on, on Twitter at ChrisPano914. Uh, mostly I'm just tweeting about the Tigers draft now and the money issues. Not money issues, just the money, how how it plays into the draft picks. But,
1: yeah, that's about it. Beautiful, gentlemen. It's been a real pleasure having both of you on. I enjoyed this. Uh, Please, everybody, check out MotorCityBangles.com. Check out the podcast, Tigers SRD. Check out Tigers Minor League Report. These guys are doing a lot of good work. And uh, I'm actually, Chris, I'm going to start checking out I'm going to discover your video game. Do you, can you share anything about that, or do you not want people to know about that? Uh, no, it's fine. You know, the problem is, is uh, we used to have a website, and then we've, we've been purchased
2: like, I don't know, six times since I started there, uh, <laughs> and they killed our website like five, six years ago. So you can't really find my writing. It's just
3: it's like a business-to-business thing.
2: Oh. So I write description. I'm writing about Madden 21 right now. Ooh. I finished it right before the show. Um, and then basically I write the descriptions and we sell them to other online retailers. So it's not like a review or anything. It's just like, hey, this is what's in this game. This is what you do. These are the new features.
1: Oh, okay. That's
2: well, so basically, it used to be like, if you go to like Best Buy or Target years ago, to see what the game is about, you would be a description there that I wrote. Now our only customers are like eBay. Um, wow. But yeah, so that's, uh, that's about that. But we do get the games after they come out, which is uh, pretty fun for me and for my six-year-old. Although he's addicted to Minecraft right now. Bitchin'. That's awesome.
1: That's a little yeah. bonus. Cool.
2: Sure.
1: All right. Well, hey, this has been the Hey, it's the Rico Plazo Baseball Podcast. You can find us, Plazo Podcast, two L's, two Z's on Twitter. Email the show. If you heard something you like, if you heard something that pissed you off and you just got to get it out, please write us an email. Podcast at protonmail.com. Thanks, everybody. It's been a real pleasure, and uh, we'll see ya. you. Win.